I'm a covenant man. Living in the riches of my Lord and King, I'm a covenant man. Committed to Him in everything I do, believe He'll come again. And I know one thing I'm gonna do till then is learn to live in the blessing of Abraham. The Lord told me how He wants me to be to abide in Him. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Covenant Living broadcast and welcome to the beautiful state of Arkansas. We are taping on location this week as we do quite often and I am here on a just a glorious marvelous cool spring morning and I want to welcome you to the broadcast. It's going to be a good day. The Lord has dealt with me to just share from my heart on some things to specifically the husbands or the husbands in training, the men that are preparing to be husbands someday. And before I forget it, I'm going to set the timer because otherwise this 20-minute broadcast is liable to turn into a two- or three-hour broadcast. And um, then you got to cut it up and you got to do all these things. And so... We're, uh, we're going to make sure that uh, we don't go too terribly long. But anyway, this, uh, this state of Arkansas is where I actually began my life as a husband. Uh, my wife and I got married 30 years ago this year, glory to God, and my education as a husband began. <laughs> and it's been a marvelous, marvelous time. Let's start with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for this time today. I thank you for this another opportunity to preach and teach. And I believe that healing will take place in lives and in hearts and in marriages today in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Well, I want to start off today. I want to talk to you about some misconceptions. I want to talk to you about positions and places and um, some religious tradition versus some scriptural reality. And so let's start off in 1 Corinthians. Turn with me over to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And I want to, I want to establish some some things here. First Corinthians chapter 11. And, uh, oh, let's see. Let's just go ahead and start in verse 3. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman or the wife, that word translated woman there, it can be translated woman, can be translated wife, and here is specifically talking about Wife, not woman. And we'll see that as we go on. The head of every wife is the husband, and the head of Christ is God. And then we go on down a little bit further in the scripture, in the chapter, and come down here, and he he talks about, in verse 11, Nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man in the Lord. For as the woman is of the man, even so 
is the man also by the woman, but all things are God. We've got to keep that in mind, gentlemen. Turn over to Ephesians 5. There's been a lot of uh, misunderstanding, miscommunication. You know, by and large, there's just there's just so many things in the the church at large. Uh, it would be so much better off if people would just stop being traditionally brainwashed, religiously brainwashed, and start being scripturally taught. And that's what we're endeavoring to do today. Let's look at one of the famous husband-wife scriptures in Ephesians chapter 5. Notice he starts off talking about this in verse 21 by saying, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear or in the reverence of God. So that's the baseline. That's the way he begins this whole discourse. Submitting yourselves one to another. And then he goes on and starts talking about the different roles. Verse 22, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife. Now see there we have clarification from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 where it talks about woman and man. We get clarification here. It should have been translated that way uh, when they translated it into English in the King James Version in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. For the husband is the head of the wife even as, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands, not every husband, not every man, to their own husbands in everything. Now, I want to stop right there for a moment. You notice we have a total of three verses, 22, 23, and 24, that are addressed to the wife submitting to her husband. All the rest of these verses through the end of the chapter are directions to the husband. Gentlemen, pay attention. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. Glory to God that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot nor wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Now, we get a clue there. You remember we started off in verse 21 saying, Submitting yourselves one to another. And then he talked to the wives. Now he's talking to the husbands. And he's talking about, for we are members of his body. Put your, put your marker right there. We're going to come back there for a minute. But let's turn over. 
uh, to Romans chapter 12. And let's look at, at another place where he talks about this. Uh, let's start in verse 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, all members have not the same office. For we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace or the anointing or the calling that is given us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching. So you can see when he's talking about, for we in verse 30 of Ephesians 5, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. He's talking about roles here. He's talking about positions, places, graces, and callings. The husband has a role, has a position, has a place, has a grace that the wife does not have. But the wife has a role, a position, a place, and a grace that the husband can never have. And so that's what we're talking about here. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and the two shall be one. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ in the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. Somehow in the church, Satan was able to sell a lie centuries ago. And unfortunately, even though to a, to a significant degree, uh, scriptural teaching has gotten it through to people um, that the the husband dominating the wife is totally, completely unscriptural. But there still seems to be a carryover in the mentality, in the consciousness that somehow the wife is is inferior because he's, she's supposed to submit to the husband. And, and other such nonsense that is totally unscriptural if you get in and, and study it, similar to what we just did. And what we just did was just the very tip of the iceberg. But husbands, I want to specifically address you today in that notice you are the head, not of the household. You hear that said a lot. The, the husband is the head of the household. You cannot find that in scripture it is not in there as a matter of fact well this is just a little rabbit trail there's a there's a there's a whole there's a whole study the wife is the one that builds the home and the house and manages it and has dominion over it scripturally speaking the the husband is not the head of the household the husband is the head of his wife he is the head of his wife. Now, do you know what that really means? Well, let's find out. He says, husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church 
and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word that he might present it to himself a glorious church. Well, if God is the head of Christ and Christ is the head of the man and the man is the head of the wife and should treat her as Christ treats him as God treats Christ, now... Now we have a basis of study. We need to find out how did God treat Christ? How does Christ treat us? Because that's how we should be treating our wives. Turn over to Hebrews. And uh, as you can see, I have no notes I was I sat down all morning as I was praying over this broadcast and I was I was looking at at trying to make an outline and and looking at this and looking at that and I just it just wasn't coming together and my lightning fast self finally realized that I was just supposed to sit down and share with you guys from my heart about things that I've learned things that the scriptures say about a true husband and the, the, the responsibilities and the actions that a husband should be taking towards their wife. Look over in Hebrews chapter 7, and we'll, we'll start in verse 24. But this man, now he's talking about Jesus. If you read back, you'll find out he's talking about Jesus. But this man, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. It, uh, it's, it never changes. He's always doing the same thing. It's, this, it's an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore, he is able also to save them, washing of the water by the word, present them glorious, save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, pay attention, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. He ever lives to intercede for us, pray over us, declare the blessing over us. That's what the priest, that's what the high priest does. He blesses. As a matter of fact, <laughs> turn with me to Luke chapter 24. It's going a little different than I had in, anticipated, but oh, God is good. Look at uh, Luke chapter 24. And in verse 50, and he, of course, you know, that's Jesus. It's all red words here. And he led them out as far as to Bethany and he lift up, lifted up his hands and blessed them. And as he blessed them, the power of the blessing and it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. The power of the blessing that he was declaring and releasing just carried him on up into heaven. Well, he ever liveth to make intercession, blessing us. Do you ever live to declare the blessing over your wife and raise her up? You know, the famous Proverbs 31 uh chapter concerning the virtuous woman and as a whole different 
teaching that we could take for weeks. But anyway, you know, there's very few things in that chapter that it talks about the husband. But one of the things that it says, I believe it's in verse 28. It talks about her children rise up and call her blessed and her husband also. And he praises her. It's actually one of the husband's responsibilities and jobs to ever make intercession declaring the blessing over his wife. Well, what is the blessing? Go back to Genesis chapter 1 and find out what the blessing is. He created man and he blessed him saying, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, have dominion over everything in the earth. Well, are you declaring that over your wife? Are you going to God interceding for her on uh, to to him on her behalf saying, "My sweetheart, be fruitful in everything that you do. Replenish this home and this household. Have dominion over it. Manage it." Are you doing that? It's your job as Christ to the church. He ever liveth to make intercession, and so should you. Look at something else. In looking at our comparison between God and Christ and Christ and the, and, and the husband and the husband and the wife, look what God did. I want to look in two different places. I want to look, one, in Philippians chapter 1. Open to, open to two openings. Philippians chapter 1 and Ephesians uh, chapter 1. But look in Philippians first. Philippians, I apologize, I, I was incorrect. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 in verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which also, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So we know that Jesus and God are equals. They're, they're on a level playing field. They're equal. That's what it just said. But, verse 7, but made himself. You'll notice in Ephesians 5, 22, when he, Paul's addressing the wives, he says, wives, turn over there. You're only just a couple chapters away. Turn back over to Ephesians. I want you to put your eyes on this because most men don't know it's there, particularly the men that enjoy the, you must submit to me. All right, look at this. Verse 22, Ephesians chapter 5. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. That does, not, you, that does not follow under the instructions to husbands. It does not say, husbands, make your wives submit to you. That is not scriptural. It says, wives, submit yourselves. And it, you'll see right here, back, go back, Go back to Philippians chapter 2. That's exactly follows the chain of command and the order of things that were laid out here. Because look, 
Philippians chapter 2 and verse 7. But he made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant, made himself submissive, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So Jesus submitted himself to the will of the Father, submitted himself to God as his head. So what did God, Jesus' head, turn around and do? Wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him, that actually says a name, if you research it, it's his name, given him his name, Men, what do you do when you marry your wife? You give her your name. Which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. Jesus humbled himself under his head, his head turned around and raised him up. Go with me now over to Ephesians chapter 1 and we'll see what we're talking about. And let's start in uh, verse 18 of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, word who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, look at this, verse 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand in the heavenly far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come and has put all under his feet and gave him to be the head over all to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Go right straight down the page to chapter 2 and verse 6 and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Jesus humbled himself under God, his head. God turned around and raised him up above everything. Every name that's named Every tongue will confess he's Lord. He's over all principalities. And then he turned around and he raised us up, made us sit together with him as equals or as Romans says, joint heirs. What do you think we should be doing to our wives as they submit themselves under us and under us as their head? We're to turn around, intercede the blessing on their behalf Make sure that we raise them up and that they're know, they know who they are as equals in the household. As a matter of fact, turn over. We're going to finish this up with two scriptures. Turn over to Romans chapter 8 
and verse 17. And we'll see we've been raised up together with our head, Jesus Christ, to sit with him in heavenly places. And verse 17 of Romans chapter 8, if, a, if children then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Now, keeping that in mind, turn over to 1 Peter chapter 3. A grossly misunderstood passage of Scripture. And we don't have time to deal with all of it today. But we are going to see as we are joint heirs. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Timer went off. It's a good thing that we're winding this up. I thought you might like, I sped that, guys, I, I set that timer just especially for you today. I figured you'd like the old car, the old car horn going off. Look at that. Now, Romans chapter 8, verse 17, we just got done reading it. We are joint heirs with him. We submitted ourselves to him. He turned around, raised us up, made us joint heirs with him. Verse 7 of 1 Peter chapter 3. Likewise, you husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. You're getting knowledge today, giving honor unto the wife as unto, not that she is, but you treat her like she is, as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life. Heirs together with the anointing of Christ. Heirs together in his authority and his power. And if you look up that word, it literally means joint heirs. Man, your wife is your joint heir in this grace of life. And you should honor her, value her, highly esteem her. Glory to God. Something happened today. <laughs> My wife just, <laughs> she just messaged me actually just a few minutes before I came out to do this broadcast. And um, it's an example. It's an example of how how God treats Christ, how Christ treats us, and how we should treat our our wives. Our daughter uh, and her were talking, and my wife just went out shopping yesterday, glory to God, and bought a lot of clothes and new makeup and things like that. And so she was going over stuff. They you know, were at home looking at things. And, and my daughter said, well, Mom, that ought to make Dad happy that you bought so much stuff. And and Lynn was like, why is that? And she said, well, you hardly ever spend money on you. She said, you buying all of this stuff and new makeup and everything should make dad really happy. And she's absolutely right. I wish I could get her to go do it more often. Glory to God. Anyway, I hope you caught my heart today. We looked at some scripture we're, we we just just barely 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 scratched the surface on being scripturally taught and getting rid of the religious brainwashing. Have a wonderful day. Meditate on these things. Dig into the scripture yourself. Work on being the head that you're designed to be. Remember this. I love you. I'm for you. God loves you, He's for you, and Jesus is Lord. I'm a covenant man. Committed to Him in everything I do. Believe He'll come again.